So I'm Nick Hawkins, I'm a senior associate at CM Murray. We're at the International Conference on Risk, Reward and Reputation Management Issues for Senior Executives and Founders and their Specialist Advisors. We've just enjoyed a fascinating session on global mobility issues for senior executives and their families. Um, what a brilliant panel we, we've had, um, filled with experts. So um, with me I've got um, Sophie Barrett-Brown of Laura Divine Immigration. Sophie's a senior partner and head of UK practice and has extensive experience in all aspects of UK business immigration. We have Juliet Carp, a specialist employment lawyer at Keystone Law with a particular interest and expertise in global mobility. We have Atal Gupta, who's flown in from India. Atal is a partner at Trilegal and one of the foremost employment practitioners in India. We have Chris Horton, is a partner at Deloitte, um, and he, has, uh, he heads the Deloitte US-UK high net worth team. And lastly, uh, before I hand over to him, our esteemed moderator, Alan Powley of GlaxoSmithKline PLC, where he's GSK's Senior Vice President of Reward. So, Alan, if I could pass over to you. Thank you very much, Nick. Um, I think we've just had a very interesting session that I think just has demonstrated the diversity and the range of different topics that you have to consider when planning for a successful assignment. And what I would be interested in is, because I think in any discussion like that, Everyone always walks away with some further learnings, however experienced we may be. I'd be interested to know what some of the key takeaways are from the rest of the panel. Um, so maybe if I could turn to you first of all, Juliet. What, what, what today really struck you in our discussion? It struck me that it was very difficult and there were a lot of issues, but I didn't know that already. But one of the most interesting talks, I thought, was Atul's comments about Indian culture. Um, not because Indian culture is alien to English people, London is a multicultural city, but I think we're inclined to take for example, uh, for, for granted that, that we know and are familiar with these cultures, whereas you're actually in a country, it's very different. And I think that really came across strongly in Atoll's comments. Yeah, I know. Uh, thank you, Judith. And it's, it's interesting that, uh, you know, culture plays such an important role in these assignments. You know, very often organizations are just focusing on business and, and the business realities of trying to make something a success. But uh, culture is a key element in all of that and, uh, and more difficult in some places than the others. And uh, to that extent, investment in that cultural training can be a huge, huge, uh, of, can be of huge importance, frankly. Uh, uh, you were talking about your own experiences uh, a few years ago in Dubai and, and uh, you know, something like that is unlikely to happen in a country like India. It's far more progressive, but on the whole, uh, the importance of cultural uh, familiarization cannot be emphasized enough. I think the, the what for me, one of the themes that came through loud and clear was the fact that it's, it's not just about the executive as well. It's actually about thinking about the culture and maybe the family, for example. And I've, I've seen examples in, in my career where an assignment hasn't worked because the trading spouse has had particular issues that has, have caused them to struggle fitting into the culture of the host country. So I think that you actually do need to try and think in the round when thinking about what's going to be necessary for any particular assignment. And maybe just thinking about the family again brings me back to immigration, mm. Sophie. I mean, I think that there are so many different elements to, to, to 
actually understand around the individual and their circumstances when ensuring that the immigration process is going to go as smoothly as possible. Absolutely, I would I totally agree with that. And it came over to me very strongly today in, in, in the session the importance of really understanding the objectives of everyone involved, the business and the individual and, and their family members. And although fundamentally they have the same objective of the assignment taking place, actually the detail of what their objective looks like, their long-term objectives, um, can vary quite a lot. And I think in this area, fundamentally, one is dealing with people, and people are all different. And so it's so important to understand uh, these, those individual preferences because, from an immigration perspective, uh, there are different options, different categories, uh, and the route that you choose to go down can have a, make a fundamental difference for, for example, whether they may be able to qualify for indefinite leave to remain, which may or may not be something that is important to the individual, um, the, the plans that they may have for their, for their family. So I think communication is absolutely critical at that early stage so that mm. everyone is aware uh, of what their respective objectives are, uh, how best to achieve those goals, and so that there aren't any surprises along the way, because I think that's always one of the greatest problems if you're planning mm. an assignment and people discover things during the journey rather mm. than knowing at the beginning what's coming. But sometimes the challenge can be teasing those out, because I know yes. I, I've dealt mm. with, obviously, a, a lot of assignees where they've only ever gone on an assignment once, and it's a completely new experience, and they approach it with some degree of trepidation, normally with a degree of excitement, but with a lot of uncertainty. Yes. And I've also dealt with serial assignees who actually know exactly what they're getting into and they almost come with their very specific wish list, understanding all of the company's policies. And so you, you, you can have quite, a, a, obviously, a different challenge there in mm. managing those two mm. um, scenarios. And I suppose, Chris, from a tax perspective, um, it must be helpful if someone has some experience, but more often than not, you're dealing with signees with relatively little understanding of the whole tax process and what to expect, particularly with some of their non-employment income. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. So, um, I mean, they may, may, be, may be or may not be well-versed on what their existing tax obligations are, or they may only have a, a relatively modest degree of familiarity with that and how it all works. And then as soon as you layer on a new jurisdiction, that's going to be totally alien to them. Um, and we've talked about things like if you move from the UK to the US, how that can really have a significant financial impact uh, on, on you in terms of how your investments might need to be taxed. Um, or just everyday things like selling a home or paying off a mortgage. Um, and I think one of the things that really came across to me through the discussion was from a tax and social security perspective it's important that when you've obviously got multiple jurisdictions you've got somebody who's really owning all of that um, and so in my profession what we try and do is have a single point of contact who basically coordinates all of that and you might have a multi multiple jurisdictions but you have one point of contact that the client can come to who, has, who he has a trusted relationship with mm -hmm. to really, really translate that for them in layman's terms, essentially. And I think just to build that out in terms of all of the different topics, one of the things that really came across strongly to me was it's important that somebody has the interest of putting all of the different pieces together, whether that's immigration, tax assignment policies and I think what you were talking about Julia I think was absolutely key really. 
and we have to accept that we won't cover all the bases. I think this is not a precise science, is it? It's very different from a normal lawyer or HR job. You do the best you can. So, you know, one of the things which uh, was a huge uh, and important takeaway from me, for me, was that uh, uh, there are so many different moving paths to a successful international assignment. And uh, I've seen a lot of clients attempt to, uh, you know, make this an automated process, mm -hmm. rely on standard templates, standard documentation and use a, a, a you know, one-size-fit-all formula, right? And I think that's something that organizations should be wary about uh, because very often you'll trip up without paying attention to the details on, on something like this. And, uh, and so, you know, the overall structuring has to have so much more emphasis and, and attention that that goes into it right at the very beginning. I think you're absolutely right, because right. the people who are good at mobility, whether it's immigration, tax, employment, whatever, they're people with curiosity, they're the people who ask the questions, and who pick up little bits of information as they go along which trigger more questions, and, and think about the things they can't see, like the family they can't talk to, but you know the partner may have a sick parent that they don't want to leave. How, how do you find that out? I think that's a very relevant point in the, the current generation because what I see, not just impacting mobility but other aspects of employment now, I think um, carer responsibilities are increasingly important and I think people want to know what would happen if, they want to know what will happen if whilst I'm on the assignment my parents are ill. Mm. You know, what is that support going to be? It's not just about the immediate family now. I think the extended family is a very important part of the equation for mm. potential assignees. Mm. Absolutely. And so, which brings us to the question of whether the Polish nanny <laughs> can, can accompany. But frankly, I mean, if I was a senior executive and I had children and I wanted to make a success out of my assignment, I would want them to be comfortable. I would want them to have the same level of care and uh, uh, you know, I don't want my family to suffer in any form or manner. So that actually can be a very important decision that goes into whether I even accept that assignment, right? And they can, they can be very unexpected and sometimes small but big. Uh, yes. an, ex an example would be, I remember being relocated from Hong Kong to Singapore as a child and the firm paid for the relocation of our dogs. <laughs> but my pet was the cat, which got left behind and put down <laughs> eventually. But it, these things which seem slightly odd to, for one member of the family can be very significant. And I, I think um, successful expat assignments in the long term tend to be successful because the whole family are yes. happy, whether happy yes. in school, happy in their work, happy with their friends. And uh, a little bit of time spent making sure the whole family are right is time well spent. I think something we should say in our area when we're dealing with with families is just because we've seen the same essential fact set before doesn't mean the solution is going to look the same because yes because they're all individuals and so each um, each family may have different um, different preferences uh, different weight that they they, they bring mm. on those different aspects uh, and you always have to be open to the fact that a different solution may be 
the right one for this family even though they're and different solutions have same. different costs yep. sometimes the things which make a huge difference to a family can be things that are relatively cheap and getting those right give you a lot more leeway on something else which which might be much more expensive and i think that's where the employer often needs to just be pragmatic because as everyone tries to manage more and more to standard policies yes accepting that there will be exceptions to policy, as you say, that may not have a huge cost implication, but companies may be concerned about because they're worried about setting precedents. Um, You actually have to be prepared to give on some of those, ultimately, to land the assignment to make sure that the whole family, the whole scenario works. Correct. Quoting from personal experience in dealing with a, a situation for a client, I think one of the other important takeaways was, and we've discussed it briefly, is documenting things well. Uh, mm-hmm. Organizations sometimes, you know, uh, end up paying the least amount of time on that. And, you know, as I was saying, use templates. We were dealing with a situation where a British national working in Dubai was offered a new job with a completely new organization, headquartered in California but the assignment was in India, right? Now, all of this could have been done quite well had they structured the documentation properly. The entire assignment was always meant to be with the Indian entity and they had a separate independent entity. But they first issued him an offer letter from California. They got him to work in India uh, based on some basic documentation that they submitted to the immigration authorities. He never was issued an Indian employment contract few months down the line, there were performance issues. He abandoned his job, left the country, and we were in a dispute. The organization wanted to sue him in India, and before you know it, he had sued them in California despite not having spent a single day there, despite not having provided any services there. And that made the whole thing so complicated for the organization. Mm-hmm. So just paying attention to how you're setting up your contracts, governing law, dispute resolution, can go a, can play an extremely important role. And I think that was another important takeaway that we had from the conversation today. Great. Well, thank you very much, everyone. It's been an absolutely fascinating discussion. Um, for those listening, if you've uh, enjoyed this, this discussion, please like it and share it. The podcast is on www.cmurray.com forward slash ifsi. There are a number of other podcasts um, in respect of the other sessions today, so um, do go and check those out. But once again, thank you very much to my panel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.